This free game episode is sponsored by Honest Hive. Honest Hive is a black female-led marketing consultancy that specializes in consulting, coaching, and contracting. We built the hive for conscious brands that don't want to sacrifice ethics and morality for profits. Centralizing marginalized people is a lifestyle, and it is the clear and present way forward for the health and healing of ourselves, our communities, marketing, business, and this nation. So visit www.honesthivemarketing.com to learn more, and let's start the show. Hold on, why can't you stay a little longer? You got me, got me going under, I'm a weak child. Welcome to episode one of Free Game. I am Kendra and this episode is called Building Better Brands for Black Business. I titled my first podcast after the tagline to my business and I did that for a very specific reason. I feel like a lot of times when you have a uh, tagline, you want it to feel very inclusive and you also want it to be very indicative of what you do in your business, quick, zippy, and you know, kind of you know, an introduction to people for who you are. So I wanted to take the time to dig into it a little bit and have people understand exactly what it means. And then also talk a little bit about the origination point because I have to give credit where credit is due. My sister, it actually came to her in a dream. She just called me one day and she was like, hey sis, I know you you know, started this new marketing firm. I was just you know, laying in bed and I was uh, dreaming and I, it, these bees just kept coming at me, like four bees just in a row, you know, BBB. And then she kind of played with it a little bit and said like building better, da, 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 da. like we kind of just chatted a little bit about like what that, what those four bees could mean and kind of how she saw it visualized in her dream. And it was really exciting to me and it was also kind of daunting at the same time. So I, I say that because I'm in marketing and I know that when you're in marketing, one of the first things that you want your tagline to be is inclusive. You want everybody to feel like they're welcome. And anytime you specify and designate black people and designate and and specify yourself as a black business, some people, it's arguable that it's constricting. Obviously, I'm not here just for black business. I am here to centralize black business and to you know specify that to me is something that's really fair and important because it's something that's been long neglected for a plethora of different reasons and things that we'll get into on the show and then things that also I'm sure you know people we we all we all know what what time it is when it comes to that kind of stuff so when I decided to specify it was it was a brave thing for me to do I felt like I really had to dig into my my chest of courage and you know and say, am I going to be vulnerable? Am I gonna speak my truth? Am I going to be authentic to who I really wanna centralize and what I really wanna serve? Or am I going to pick something that's more inclusive and it will go down better with people as a whole? And I chose what I always choose, which is my authenticity. I, I chose to bring to life what she visualized in her dream. She, you know, she very much was like, you know, do you want to specify that? And I was like, I, I do. I want to. Yes. Within myself, I want to. Am I going to? I have to. 
My, I, and that's, I mean, that's the theme of the show. That's what's led me to this moment is that I have rededicated myself to rigorous honesty, both in my life, in my profession, in my relationships. There is no variation in honesty for me anymore. I, I cannot live in duality. I cannot live in contradiction. I want to do my best to be the person who I feel like I am inside and align myself with my morals and my love ethic to present to the world, you know, a true version of myself. And it's crazy because that leads me directly into um, what Honest Hive and what Free Game, this podcast, really is all about, which is having honest interaction with the brands that we that we experience and what we expect from them, what we expect from Black business and what that can look like in the future and what's possible. This podcast is really, it's an intersection of everything that moves me and motivates me. It, it comes from so many different corners of spiritual wellness and social responsibility and environmental consciousness. And that of course messed with traditional business planning and you know thinking things through in a very rational and business conscious way. Because I realized that at the end of the day, we live in this world. And, you know, in order for your business to be successful, money is necessary. And I don't advocate for living in the, the fallacy of the idea that money doesn't matter. What I do want to kind of navigate away from is centralizing money as the motivation. And one of the biggest issues I think that we have within business today, and, and it leaks very much seamlessly into marketing, is that we centralize greed and we normalize greed more so. And when we normalize greed, it leads us to isolation and when we end scarcity and so many other things that lead to general unhappiness and discontent. And that discontent grows throughout organizations. It exists, you know, across across planes and in industries and it, it's just it's a it's a cancer and it spreads to everything that it touches. And there's no happiness there. There's no joy there. There's no wholehearted wellness there. So for me, on, on a personal level, I really wanted to create something that was anti-mainstream capitalist and came at the idea of black business specifically in a different way because I want such amazing things for my people. I really do. I want uh, everybody who I see that is starting a business, whether it's a startup or it's, you know, a well-funded, you know, a group that um, is is buying up properties in the inner city. I know a couple of people who are doing that and flipping neighborhoods while still giving us ownership in the neighborhoods that we, you know, kind of fighting against the gentrification of neighborhoods. It doesn't matter how big or how, or if it's just a mom who's trying to hook up a side hustle and she wants to have multiple streams of income so that she feels more secure and not reliant on her nine to five. I just, I'm rooting for, I'm, I'm Issa Rae in this bitch. I'm rooting for everybody black. And along with that, I just, I, I had a certain level for me personally, I felt like if I could, you know, share a little bit about what I've learned and how I've navigated and how I've had a certain level of success in my career. And so many times when I attached this materialistic goal um, to it and bought into the lie of capitalism, how empty it leaves you feeling. 
And I, I don't want that for us. I don't want to get caught in the trap of capitalism, of, you know, rugged individualism, of never having enough, of the scarcity mindset. That's not who we are. That's divisive. And at the end of the day, it's destructive. And I feel like if we can create and do what we always do, which is create something completely authentic and new, something specific to us, you know, I, I would love to be the 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 leaders and and to change the way that people get into and navigate business structures. And I wanna rethink profit at any cost and instead replace it with generational provision and power not just for the sake of having power, but power to protect our communities and to do right by people and to be a voice that's impactful in the world around us. All of those things I feel like are give you give purpose to what other people are chasing just for the sake of chasing it. It it gives you the thing of the thing about black people and the thing about us as a community is we have within ourselves and within our community everything we do is magic and the reason why everything we do is magic is because everything we do is resistance. Everything we do is there's so many firsts still happening. There are so many um, avenues of creation that still exist within you know our our culture, and the great thing that comes along with that is that we get to become whoever we want to be, and it doesn't have to be what we've seen before. And when we get caught, and, and I think one thing, I think a lot of, in, in a lot of ways we value black culture, but we kind of put that on the back burner when it comes to business, because in business, it's almost seen like we're quote unquote behind. We're behind the wave of, you know, having our own. We're behind the wave of doing this. We're behind the wave of doing that. And, you know, having generational wealth. It can feel like a game of catch up. And I, I get that. I mean, there, there, that sentiment is not lost on me. And I, and I understand that because there are so many firsts and so many things that we're still developing and still doing. But what I love is the area of opportunity that exists within that space. As we start exactly where we are, as we bloom where we're planted, what we have the opportunity to do is to look at what works and what doesn't work in the space that exists right now and take a different approach to profitability take a different approach to what success looks like for us and learn from the mistakes that have you know existed ahead of us and that doesn't mean that we aren't ambitious that doesn't mean that we aren't you know about our business and we're not about our money and we're not about you know serious change but like i said the mindset more so than any of the specific tools is what i like to really hone into what changes something from being greed to being purpose-driven is the mindset. If I'm just getting as much money as I possibly can to have enough money as I possibly can, then that's an endless cycle of greed. But if I change my mindset and I say, I want to have enough money to sustain myself and my future generations and create provision for my future generations and set them up with not just finances, but understanding and education and wellness and give them in, whole, in a holistic view something that they've never had before. That's a different conversation about gener uh, generational wealth. I think we have like 0.01% of the conversation about generational wealth happening right now 
everyone is talking about, you know, the financial aspect of it. And a lot of people aren't talking about, you know, imparting the actual, the wisdom. I know for me personally, I got a lot of generational wealth from my, the wisdom of my parents. They gave me so much context for putting money in its place as a tool for, they, they gave me so much information about, you know, credit, but they also gave me wisdom about being honest and authentic to myself and different things that are not necessarily monetarily driven, but absolutely are a part of the generational wealth conversation. So um, I look forward to having topics like this and a million others, but the but explaining the tagline building better black business is very much tied into the holistic conversation, um, the holistic conversation of building better brands for black business as a whole. Um, that starts with a spiritual transformation within all of us. It starts with really freeing our minds. It starts with redefining what success is. And it starts with, you know, opening up our our imaginations and, and reinvesting in, in creativity when it comes to business. I know a lot of people, um, and this, again, I, some stuff I'm going to say, it may sound halfway shady, but, <laughs> but I swear it's not. Um, but one of the things that I, I kind of um, bothers me a little bit and, and, and I want to kind of address and talk about is the the follow the follower mentality that exists not just within you know um, for black people and within black culture but within our world today period we see something that works a couple of and this is no shade to anyone who's in any of these industries because at the end of the day this is internal and the only thing that you have to you know the only thing that you have to answer to is is the God within you and the wellness within you and so if you feel like you're on the correct track and you know you're operating and what you're supposed to be operating in then and, you know i hope it doesn't um feel any kind of way to for for me to use these examples but a couple of years ago everybody was starting a uh, mobile car detailing business and then a couple of years before that everybody wanted to be a dj and then a couple of years before that everybody wanted to be a rap artist and i'm not I, i'm not downplaying or or degrading any of those specific sex but it is highly unlikely that everyone's guiding light, everyone's purpose, and everyone's spirit was moving in, moving them in that direction. What I think is a lot of us are lost and we don't know and we're trying to figure it out. And I feel like in that space is a space for creation and not emulation. And um, so that's what I mean about, you know, building better brands for black business. That's what I mean about, you know, um, changing the way that we think and approach business in general and differentiating ourselves and building ourselves from the inside out with honesty and integrity and authenticity and on and that's you know the the honesty is the name of the game for me to me that's the most important thing if we can be honest about what we want and but we have to know we have to sit with ourselves we have to get to know ourselves we have to be patient with ourselves but if we can get to that space and be honest about what we want we can move towards that and we can grind towards that for a lifetime that is that is the pinnacle of there is no such thing i don't think as like you know quote unquote making it um i think you make it every day i think every day that you're able to get up and do something that you love it's a day that you've made it. I consider myself to have, like, 
I'm going to, after this is over, find some way to celebrate myself because in this moment, putting myself out here on this podcast and, and you know, having people hear the sound of my voice and releasing this is a huge, huge deal for me. And I was nervous about doing it. I wasn't sure. I'm still not sure. But at the end of the day, I told myself, you know, do you feel called to do this? Are you doing it out of love? Is your message something that you feel like is important and needs to be um, uh, spoken about? And is it is it your truth? And do you feel like it's your place? And, you know, I, 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 I ran myself through my, my stage of questions. And when, when all the tick marks were ticked, I couldn't say no. I'm the type of person that once I do my quote unquote due diligence, I cannot just leave myself flapping in the wind. I have to be about that action. And that's just my, that's just come as a side effect of me being spirit led. So I want that for everybody else. I'm super excited for, you know, things that are to come. And I think that it's, you know, it's a great opportunity for us to slow down and think through the kind of experience that and legacy and life that we want to live that we want to live and that we want to leave for the next generation. Everything is so permanent now. Your future grandkids and great-grandkids are going to be able to look back on I wish my I wish I could look back at my granny's Facebook from <laughs> when she was alive. I think that if I could look at Gran or Grandma Clemmie's Facebook, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I, did I even know her at all? Or, you know, I just, I, I think it would be so interesting to be able to do that. And I think about future generations and how they'll be able to look back at who we are and what we did in this time. And it's just, I, I feel like the veil is just so, so thin now when it comes to, they, I mean, they used to call it, what's the word? You, you, give your uh, oral traditions, like oral history. They used to call it oral history and now it's like it's, it's, it's documented. Everyone has a platform for it. So I really wanna be conscious about the legacy that I leave behind and, and I want that same consciousness for us as a people and I really wanna push the conversation and the envelope forward. And I truly believe that, you know, not just in, um, in, a, in our culture or quote unquote subculture, I also believe that this is the wave for everyone. Every the problem right now for conscious brands is that you cannot be a conscious brand with a capitalist mindset. And people have not figured out how to leave the greed of capitalism in the, the rubbish can where it belongs and to center on purpose-driven marketing and to implement a business that fuels and feeds and exists within that space. So what we end up with is all of these brands that uh, quote unquote stand with their black employees during times when it's time to be conscious, then go back about the business of um, ignoring and, you know, hiding things in HR departments and, you know, creating spaces that limit black voices. And I, I could go on and on, you know, there's no authenticity right now in conscious brands in conscious branding. And I don't think that conscious brands currently exist or can ever really exist. But what we can do is we can strive towards being a conscious brand. And I feel like that begins with black people. All right, that sound means that it is time for our doing it and doing it and doing it well segment. Um, <laughs> I know I'm a little corny, but um, this part of the show, it's, it's actually my favorite part of the show. I am going to call out to 
anything, honestly. It could be a, a book, a personality, a TV show, a regular regular person, a business. It really doesn't matter. But I'm going to call out to that thing every month and basically just tell, you know, why it inspired me, how it inspired me, and the space that I think it holds in the conversation. So the doing it and doing it and doing it well for this month is We Will Not Cancel Us by Adrienne Marie Brown. I had to do it. I, this segment specifically, I mean, I hold a special place in my heart for black folks. So at the end of the day, most likely it's going to be a black person in this segment, but I love my allies too. So if there are ever any allies that I feel like are going to be a part of this section, I'm, I'm happy to have them and I'm, I'm happy to give roses to them as well, but this definitely most likely is going to be um, a black segment. So a little bit about Adrienne Marie Brown. She is the author of a book that I recently read called We Will Not Cancel Us. And I was blown away by this book. It's a very, very short read. And so for anyone who considers themselves in the movement and, and a part of uh, progress in this country, I definitely heavily, heavily recommend it. She has a blog at adriannemariebrown.net. So I would, I'll add a tag at the bottom of um, the episode so that people can like follow a link to her. She is just all about radical love and is amazing. And when I read her book, it's basically, she stays very much in her lane as a mediator and she uses her intuitive way of being a mediator and she basically critiques the movement. And when she critiques the movement, she does so in such a vulnerable and powerful way that it just commands respect. And when I when I read it, it inspired me to do this podcast. It truly did. It changed the way that I felt like conflict resolution could exist. So a lot of the things that I'm going to say in this podcast, it is always my intention to lead with love. Always, always, always. And so I want to lead with love, but I have to be authentic to the, to the fact that I'm a little bit of an agitator and I always have been. When I see something that doesn't add up or doesn't line up, you know, and, and the stuff that's kind of not being said, it's always, I always feel like the person who says it and it's not like I'm trying to be that person. It's just, in, it's just who I am. So when I saw her live her truth and her vulnerability, it kind of just like pushed me to, um, do the same thing. And I, I listened to one of her podcasts. I love it. She has a podcast called How to Survive the End of the World um, with her. I think it's her sister. And I love that podcast. Um, I also recommend that. She is just amazing and funny and interesting. And she, um, I mean, like I said, it, it, it inspired me to do this podcast and to push the go button. So I want to definitely give her her roses um, and tell her that she is doing it, doing it, and doing it well. And um, also a huge thank you to Kamara because that was her book recommendation and her book recommendations to me are always on point. So thank you as well, girl. All right, this is the final segment of the show. Thank you so much for bearing with me and listening to me so far. I really appreciate it. Um, in this final segment, I just take questions or comments or, you know, expand or whatever. And it comes from a plethora of different places. These two are actually from social media. Some are going to come from my clients. Some are going to come from conversations. Some are going to come from social media. If you have one that you want to send me, definitely um, hit me up at Honest Hive on Instagram and Facebook. And then if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at 
honest underscore hive. And if you have anything that you want, you know, questions answered, comments, statements, whatever, you can't stand me, go ahead and just put it there. <laughs> put it there and I'll probably, um, if I get a chance, I'll read it on the air. So the first question from Twitter is, do you think that you are bringing the wrong kind of more divisive energy to the conversation? Um, fair question. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. It's not my intention. I, I Like I said um, a little bit earlier in the show, I really do try to lead everything with love, but um, I'll go ahead and drop a line from Hamilton. I'd rather be you know, divisive than indecisive. And at the end of the day, um, I value truth more than I value um, feelings. And I do believe that truth and kindness can live in the same place, but sometimes when you are operating in love, you have to walk this very delicate line. You don't have to be unkind, but you have to be honest. And a lot of times, especially when I am speaking about race relations, it's an uncomfortable topic in conversation for people. They do not like when you specify race. They don't like it because they feel like it's divisive. But why is it divisive? Because we live in an already racially charged country. And we live in that existence whether we acknowledge it or not. And brushing it under the rug has not helped for the past couple hundred years so at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'd be a moron to keep doing it. You know, I would be off my rocker to think that if I just keep silent about it and hustle, 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 that somehow something will change magically. People will grow up conscious on their own or people will know our story and know the things that are important to us just intuitively because they listen, They because they listen to um, other people or other people are making the noise. At the end of the day, there aren't enough black voices aren't out there the black voices that do exist aren't being listened to. And what happens more often than not is that um, non-black people and sometimes black people weaponize uninformed black voices against the movement. And it's so, so, so unfortunate. Um, I don't want to be divisive. I don't want to, I'm, I'm actually not the type of person, um, I have a strange space in the movement because I do not believe in, um, uh, I'm not like a, a, a black nationalist in the sense of I think that we just need our own on our own, our own and da, da 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 But I do believe in holding special space for black people. And I think that allies should hold special space for black people. And those businesses, those brands, those friends, those people deserve specific and special attention, conversation. And um, I'm, I'm always going to be vocal about that because, you know, it, it's important to me. So... Um, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope not. Facebook is uh, where the next one comes from. This one says, I am a white woman and sometimes, um, sometimes it feels inauthentic to use my voice to speak up for the disenfranchisement of black people when I see injustice. Is it even my place? Um, it's everyone's place to speak up when they see injustice happening, period. I think that the more you speak up, the less, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be completely, I'm not going to lie. The more you speak up, I'm not saying that it's going to get any easier. It's still hard for me to speak up for myself, but it's frustrating when I do speak up for myself because I'm honestly usually painted as the angry black woman. Um, when really I'm just advocating for myself and not accepting less than humane treatment, um, and, and taking up space. So it helps when our allies also speak up for us. Um, I do think that it's important to, 
if, if you feel inauthentic or um, if you feel like it's not your place, then oftentimes I feel like possibly you should be amplifying another voice that exists in that space that is either more well-informed or, you know, you being a platform and you sharing and, and um, uh, amplifying another voice is a great way for you to, you know, not feel like you're centralizing yourself or making yourself seem like, you know, a white savior or anything like that, but you're still being very conscious of the movement and um, caring about uh, how it affects people. So that would be my advice. Um, but at the end of the day, everything that is new is uncomfortable and race is a very uncomfortable issue. So at the, at the end of the day, I, I don't think, I don't think there's, um, I don't think there's ever a way to uh it says inauthentic and so when i think inauthentic i'm i'm like are you telling the truth or are you not and uncomfortable is different than inauthentic if you feel uncomfortable i would say you know you're gonna feel uncomfortable i still feel uncomfortable when i have to call it out but i have to call it out um it's 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 for all of us uh to do so thank you to both of those users uh for your questions and like I said, if you want to uh, send them to me on social media, I'm happy. You can also send them to me at hi, H-I, at honesthivemarketing.com. I'll answer them. I'll answer email questions as well. It really doesn't matter how you send them. I'm happy to take them. Thank you so much for tuning in to my first episode of Free Game. This has been Kendra. These episodes will launch every month, so tune back in on March 1st. And until then, I will leave you with my favorite quote of all time from Saul Alinsky which is change means movement, movement means friction. Only in the frictionless vacuum of a non-existent abstract world can movement or change occur without the abrasive friction of conflict.